You're listening to the Two Pauls in a Pod podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about Irish culture, money, and how you got your money habits that you have today. All right, hang on a sec there, Paul. Before we get into this, the culture of money in the first episode here, I want to get to know you. Now, I know you from years ago, and I'd like people to know how we know each other. Oh, yeah. Is uh, through Aidan Turner, our friend. Very mutual friend of ours, yeah. Yeah, who's um, who's an actor friend of mine who I got to know through acting classes. And and I grew up with Aidan, I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we we met each other. Actually, I think I met you the first, when you were doing the the rap for the Gaiety School of Acting, when you did your, uh, what's that thing you all doing? The showcase. The showcase, Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was epic, by the way. Yeah, it was great. Me and Aiden had a lot to do with yeah, that. You did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're both the only people that got picked up out of that class as well. That's not like few, anybody. Was a few, was a yeah, few. yeah, yeah. All right, okay. That was a good few. Two, there's two, two stars. Had a very successful class and fair. Not just picking them up, but yeah, they were yeah, really it was, good. Yeah, was. Yeah, very uh, competitive in a good way. But anyway, um, Aiden was. Yeah, Aiden still is a good friend of ours for some reason, yeah. and. Um, yeah, but also I, I I do know a lot about you, but also just for the listeners to to know, where where did you grow up? Uh, Tala. I hate that. And um, yeah, no. you're from the north side. You leave me alone. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, and how you got into the finance sector because this isn't actually something I know about. It's uh, I just know you've always done this or you've uh, been involved yeah. in this. Yeah, I got into it almost twenty years ago. Um, I started off in general insurance company first, then moved into life insurance investments through Irish Life, and then went on my own about twelve years ago, 10, 12 years ago. Okay, um, set up a uh, Pax and then asked Paul about five years ago. To, you set up Ask Paul five years ago. Yeah, yeah, about five, wow. six years ago. Now, I think just through social media, just really trying to educate people uh, through video content. Never thought it would turn into what it did, by the way. Yeah, that's so, all wasn't like a planned genius move it was genuinely just kind of took the camera out and started talking to Snapchat and Facebook at the time and yeah really really just took off wow so uh, yeah it's cool tell you and um, so I'm going to ask you a couple of random questions here just to kind of uh, get me. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah who do you support uh, oh this is a difficult man you right yeah I know I knew that but uh, I just wanted just, you to Definitely. say it out loud <laughs> um, so okay these are weird ones favourite film Oh, um, I mean, it's a hard question. Yeah. Well, it's not really. Go I'm going to go for The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, of course. Of course, Jesus, yeah. Of course. I knew you were going to say that as soon as I said yeah, the film. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't believe I had to ask him that. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay. And so who was your hero growing up? You can't say Cantona or any of these boys. Um, hero growing up as in... Or not like, growing up, but just who, who do you look at and go, that's someone I aspire to either be or be like or anything like that? Well, really difficult question. I think I think it changes all the time, especially yeah. being in business. So I go between personal development people, I go between entrepreneurs, I go between loads of different people. I'm going to say that probably the one that influenced uh, Ask Paul is probably Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, Gary V. Yeah, Gary V. So I'm going to go with Gary V from the inspiration from Ask Paul. Um, if anyone doesn't know, Gary V is a kind of social media... Uh, well, he started out on social media. Yeah, he, he, started, he started out on Wine Library and Wine, then he grew a really big uh, YouTube channel. And he's going to an American and he would have been very much ahead of everybody else when it comes to social media and trends. Yeah. Uh, has a really big agency as well over in the States, uh, in New York. And yeah, has just done incredibly well. Uh, and he and really, very positive in his message. Yeah, very positive seems. in his message. Yeah, he is in fairness. Uh, and, he, and he kind of gets the best out and teaches people that to use their skill set for their knowledge to share true video content to help people yeah. and that's where Ask Paul came from so I'm going to have to give Gary V probably the biggest shout out of all those type of people and things that from an inspiring point of view for business yeah. hopefully we'll get him on the on the podcast someday there you go there's a shout out for Gary V right there yeah get on to it um, so uh, your favourite way to spend a day off do you have a day off? no 
Don't. This is it. No, like, we you don't. Know, no, no. Yeah, we're way, yeah, yeah. See, you sound like my wife Sarah now. So let's, go, <laughs> let's go to the next yeah, yeah. question, buddy. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. No, enough. best time off would be literally chilling out with Sarah and the kids. I, like, what's your favorite something. day? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what would you do on a day where I you do go, like, we, I do like Sundays. Yeah, uh, yeah I do like Sundays. Uh, but, like, I'm not being smart. I really, really, really love what I do. I don't think of it as work. Yeah, uh, sometimes great. it gets a bit stressful um, and you would think of it as work you have to put in the work hours uh, mm. I hate that part of it but that's very rarely um, but yeah I genuinely love it I could talk about it all you day like long you like a Sunday is a chill day with meet. the family though yeah I do I like Sundays I do like Sundays yeah. chilling out but that's it but I don't like you know we just yeah, chill out together when we get to yeah nice and um, so your last meal what would it be my last meal is uh, Shanahan steak Oh yeah, that definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually, that dude. Yeah, no, I am too. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, rare, uh, medium rare. Medium rare. Yeah, same medium here. Medium rare. Everyone yeah. says rare. I like yeah. medium rare. Okay. Um, so your first celebrity crush, uh, Amy Urman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell her. Yeah, yeah, you tell her that. Oh, yeah, amazing. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way you say. Yeah, tell her that. Tell yeah. Brian as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't tell Brian. Don't tell Brian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Actually, I will go quickly to the weird story. That's I remember years ago, Aiden was in the clinic with her. Yeah, of course. Yeah. As was I with Aiden. Yeah, but he had to kiss her. You didn't. I did uh, before yeah. her. Oh, not before, before him. Right before Aiden. Yeah, before. Yeah, Aiden. This is going on to a different it was type a, of podcast. Uh, Let's go back to the phone. We're doing an ad. We're doing an ad. Very good friends, obviously. So yeah, we're doing an ad years ago. I remember he was shitting himself because she. Just started dating Brian O'Driscoll. Oh yeah, time. of course. Yeah, don't think he was. He get hopped off by the yeah. captain of Ireland. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was terrified. <laughs> I don't blame him. Um, what's it? This is a strange one. But what's your favourite sound? Sound, sleep sound. I listen to sleep sound every night. Sleep sound. Yeah, what's like that? Uh, sleep music sound. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, like calming kind of breezy, weathery stuff or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Knock uh, you out. Gives you a good coming in and out. Yeah, or like breeze that? or rain, whatever's on yeah, the app. I like rain as well. Yeah, it's really cool. I think that comes back to the that. sleep hub. I used to think called the sleep hub was deadly. Sleep hub. Yeah. It's an ad for a sleep hub. Yeah. Probably. I also is, do voiceovers really if anyone's looking to <laughs> Um so uh your favourite curse word and your we can bleep this out, but we probably won't. Fuck. Oh it is fuck. Just straight yeah. up fuck. Just straight up fuck. It's a classic. Yeah, it's just fuck like. Yeah, okay. Who gives a fuck? Any Sorry, jokes? No. I'm br- I'm br- can't remember jokes. I Joe, I you know what? I can't ask I can't remember a joke because somebody asks me. Same here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but then I don't know how I remember them because it's not you don't just sit down and say hey do you want to hear a joke and so, now I'm just trying to think of a joke I actually yeah. can't think of one okay your prized possession your car yeah car yeah, you're man into cars yeah I love cars that's fair yeah, enough that's your cars. voice yeah I do yeah it is definitely my voice I do voice? love cars yeah I do really really like so so what is my it? new car what's your, no, what's your new car come on <laughs> Lamborghini Lamborghini, all right, that's amazing. Jesus Christ. But that's what you've always wanted. And it since is, I've known yeah. you, when you, before all this... It is, and it is. That's and the then we did well, and we sold the business last year, and we bought one. And it was kind of a nod to the younger Paul. How long I'll keep before I don't know, but... Mm. Um, well, but, but I'm already screaming at this with a grudgery. But look, whatever, being hard to say. But uh, yeah, I love I love the car. I like the car. It's, yeah. Look, it's a promise it's you kept cool. for yourself. I know it's you It's a promise well, I kept you as a young kid. For yourself. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. for the young kid. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, we're trying to justify this. You should I know, just get I know, it. Get yeah, things I know, you want. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe not. We'll, we'll go into that in the podcast. Um, okay, so the best gig you've ever been to? Wesley last night. No, oh, we had last night. <laughs> was, we had yeah. it. Yeah, and I was really convinced Louis Walsh was going to call me up on stage to replace Brian McFadden. I've been well, trying to little dream in that for 50 yeah, years. I'd Didn't fucking happen. Like. Yeah, you know what? I auditioned for Westlife. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. So we'll get into this. Well, I'll tell you that story. It's <laughs> mental. But we'll uh, no, gonna... sorry. The best gig I was probably ever at. I'm going to go with Guns N' Roses and Slaying. Oh, uh, that's, was, that's cooler. Because I'd waited for a long time. Yeah, it's a bit cooler in Westlife, isn't it? Uh, I waited for a long time. Probably about, I couldn't go when they were here when I was a kid. My brother went and my brother-in-law's and then I went in a few years ago actually when I, I didn't came along. Yeah. It was a great gig. 
Uh, I mean, sorry, I say West, that's cooler. People have the best crack at Westlife gigs and boys on. Yeah, we did. We actually went. I remember being brought to Westlife gigs in, uh, I think it was Crow or Viva Stadium or Croker. I actually think it was Croker, their farewell tour, which was a year ago. Uh, (laughs) It was their farewell tour and we had an amazing night. It was really, really, really good. And I love. What's this tour called? We're back. I love. uh, We're back again. Uh, I'm only messing. But I do love. I do love the fact how successful the lads are and how they've kept it together and they come back and do it. I just love the the success story of Westlife. I really do. I think it's an amazing Irish story. Uh, I I just love what they've done. I think it's amazing. So, and I'm a bit of a poppy dude as well, but I do just really like what they've done and I wouldn't begrudge them anything in the world. Not at all, Jesus, no. Um, What's what's your uh, your biggest secret that I have? (laughs) Not your biggest secret, but what's (laughs) something that someone doesn't know about you? Don't tell us something dark. You killed someone or whatever. Uh, I was a professional ballroom and Latin American dancer. I go. love that. I know you. I do. love that. I he has do. feet on of fire. Feet does. of yeah. fire. Yeah. Yeah. There I couldn't. Go. I mean, I could believe that. Strictly come looking for me. I'm yeah. ready. I'm waiting. He literally, actually, would you? No. Why? It's, I wouldn't do it to Sarah, my wife. I think it's Why? way too sexy. <laughs> the way you dance, the way you yeah, move. Yeah, well, if you're doing strictly and you end up doing the rumba with some guy you don't know, and you're practically joyriding on the fucking floor, like that's yeah, what it enough. is. That's what a rumba is. And your yeah. wife's in the audience with your kids looking at you. I just don't know how to get away with it. Yeah, yeah. I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't like her to do it either. To be fair, but oh, see, you're yeah. an actor. You would have no issue with that at all. Well, into into the moment. No, nah, yeah, I just pretend I'm someone else. Yeah, but kind of winking myself. Going, <laughs> Jesus, I don't know what that means even. Uh, okay, what's your first job? Uh, first job, Spawell, uh, lounge boy. Spawell, lounge boy. Yeah, Spawell, lounge boy. In <laughs> you're the, a, in you're a lounge boy in a spa. In the spa. Oh, you know what spa it is? Oh, you're not sorry. Yeah, Spawell, Temple Oak. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's a yes. Driving range, bar. Yeah. yeah everything. It's a big it's old complex. Yeah, I worked there from 15 for a few. I loved it right up till I think it was 1920. Just go back do the odd shift as well. Uh, really cool spot. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Brilliant. Yeah, I think if you work in a bar or a lounge, I think starting off, it's a really good place to go because mm. you get to know people and the banter and the yeah. exchange. And you kind of you're forced yeah. to have the interaction yeah. with people. Yeah. And, stuff like that. and not to bring it into money again, but the whole thing of having a float on the floor and working money and blah 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 and tips and yeah, yeah it's cool. I loved it. Really Brilliant. loved it. And um, have you always believed in yourself? E- no. Okay. When? Mm. Why? Um. I think I've always been extremely ambitious and I've always been trying to get somewhere. I've only been the most comfortable in the last kind of two years, I'd say. I think before that, it was not always... Not even financially comfortable, but it's... No, not um, financially. No, not to do with Genuine, not to do with finance. Yeah. Probably business acumen and trying to get somewhere that way. And the last two years, yeah, really come true. I think I was always afraid, afraid of failure or being a dreamer. So I've always met dreamers along the way, people that don't actually execute or get there, yeah. unfortunately, for whatever reasons. So yeah, I feel very, very content for myself for the first time in two, over the last two years. So I've been wow. kind of 20 years really nervous on not making it. Don't do with the money part of it, to be fair, uh, the business. Um, so yeah, I feel really, really content and comfortable. Um, okay. yeah. um, so this might be a bit too heavy, but um, have you ever felt rock bottom and, you know, how did you, how did you get back up? Yeah, everyone feels 100%. down. 100%. Right. Yeah, loads of times. Loads of times? Yeah, loads of times. And yeah, then you pick yourself back up and you keep it Yeah, going never pick myself back up, but just actually got back up eventually. So I don't remember the big moment of being, like I remember being rock bottom a few times in life and then I remember just it being okay and getting better and better and better as time went on. I don't think I had a massive intervention or a massive thing that helped me get back up. Mm-hmm. But I just got back up eventually. You just so knew you had to keep going. I just didn't give in or didn't give into it or whatever. But yeah, hundred percent being there, yeah. like <laughs> a good few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah especially in my twenties and early thirties. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. You can only learn from those things. Um, 
So what? What? Yeah. Look, I was kind of, we've kind of hit on this stuff anyway. But uh, what? What advice would you give your younger self? Enjoy it more. Don't enjoy be stressed. What? Life. Enjoy life. Yeah. Don't like just try and enjoy it. I was always very conscious trying to get somewhere. Yeah. Didn't know where it was or what it was, but yeah, it was it's very very stressful. And did you like school? No. Why? Because it was broke. I had tension span of a monkey. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Okay. Did you get suspended or anything like that or yeah. expelled? Not yeah. expelled. Wasn't that bad. Did you ever get into fights? No, not really. Yeah. No. Too busy dancing. Too busy dancing. Dance me way around them. Yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> Felt like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, how are you in a crowded room? Yeah, go, like yeah, weirdly enough, in a crowded room that I know people in. Uh, when I don't know people, yeah, probably a little bit more introvert than I would normally be. Uh, I'd have to know people. If I was in a room with new people, and I'd be fine, not a bother. Yeah, I like that atmosphere, but I don't like going to places I don't know. Well, I went to a ward ceremony recently, and I walked in, and it's big, big deal. And I walked in, and I didn't know one person because the dude I was going there with ran the whole thing so he was busy oh, it's yeah. like going to someone's wedding you don't know the, you only know the groom yeah anyway so I walked in and I had to talk to the staff and I was standing there and I was like I actually hate this I hate small talk not talking talk. to the staff I hate to the staff yeah jeez why am I talking to these people no it was more like I go, take my coat yeah 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 <laughs> why are you ask me other than what I want for a drink no Sorry, uh, <laughs> but I did go, God, I, this is so embarrassing. This is really weird, but you're okay walking into somewhere. I'm okay, but I hate small talk. Yeah, that's the I thing. Okay, yeah. Stop really, really hate small talk with no point to it. Yeah, How's yeah. the weather? How, like, it's just fucking draining. Okay, and just with, this is uh, going back to a question which from the actor's studio, actually, from uh, James Lipton. Um, and if, if there was a God and you met him at the pearly gates, if there are, um, what would you... What would you like him or her day say to you? I think uh, now it, I would be confident that he just say it completed it. I really, really feel like, and, and like I said, I'm always arrogant, I don't know. But um, I think when you're a long time, 20 odd years trying to chase something or to get to somewhere, um, I genuinely feel now that I have an amazing wife, amazing kids, uh, companies, amazing uh, shareholder staff you ask Paul Brown what we've developed with that and how we got to where it was and you know the people who've helped with personal finance and yeah I just think yeah I hope he give me a high five and say well done that's yeah. probably the most arrogant thing anyone's ever answered that question but that's genuine you no, know, feel. That's I think it can go being like yeah all relationships are good um, yeah everything's everything's tickety-boo at the yeah. moment which is probably won't be like this all the time of course it certainly hasn't been like that all the time either so I think yeah that's probably Give well, you a high five, you wink, get in there. Yeah, get in there, yeah. Well Knock done, completely. But like I said, well, I don't know how long that lasts for. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, look, it doesn't matter. That's what you want at the yeah, very end. And did you enjoy your Shannon steak? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, Paul, just to kick things off, um, where did you learn about your money? Uh, no. Look, I think everybody learns from their parents yeah. uh, or those around them when they're younger. And actually, there's a lot of uh, research out there that said the kids have their money habits instilled by the time they get to six or seven years of age wow. which is really scary Very young, yeah. yeah it is it's really young but I think I'd probably uh, go with that for myself as well I think I learned about money very young my did dad. you have a piggy bank did they do all uh, that I did yeah I actually remember the saving stamps I don't know what everyone remembers these. you used to have saving stamps in school you used to bring in 50 cent and you used to have really? the Sammy the Squirrel yeah from the post office no, that? oh yeah 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 Sammy yeah. the Squirrel yeah, yeah I, so, I think it was Sammy the Squirrel yeah a little yeah. squirrel you got them and you build a little pyramid and you got yeah. to a tenner and you cash them in I always remember that I, mean, I used to go to my nanny and granddad's on a Sunday and they'd give us like two pounds or a pound or whatever it was yeah, and yeah. used to use that on a Monday to buy my stamps in school Daddy. and you'd save up your ten euro five, five pound or ten pound card. I can't remember 
remember what they were. But I remember cool. thinking I was saving money in the choker box. I didn't know what it was. And I was like, geez, I've loads of money in this. <laughs> like, that's not for you. Like, not, uh, well, I know a few people that use the choker box. Well, Let's be enough, honest. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, a lot yeah. of people dipped in there. That's their own charity. Yeah, yeah the wrong yeah. charity. A charity of us. But uh, yeah, I mean, so that's where I think I would go along with having your money developed by seven years of age or six or seven years of age. In Irish culture, though, I think we start talking to kids a little bit younger and kids identify what they're doing with the money and whether parents are talking about bills or whether they're arguing. It's very, very important that you have really good money conversation and positive money conversation if you can around your kids and they listen to everything, as you'll know as a yeah. parent, if you're a parent listening today. But the communion is where it starts. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, because think about it. When you have someone that's making their communion, you usually go, oh, I bet you're looking forward to all that yeah, cash. What are you going to do? Money, what are you going to yeah. buy? Uh, and we've probably moved away from the whole uh, God thing and religion, which is what it's there for, yeah, and yeah. moved away to how much money you're going to make. And I think kids automatically bring it in as a, a I mean, it was the first question you, you ask your mates as well. 100%. Like, how much did you make? How did you feel about God? It's, yeah. How did you feel about God? Yeah, yeah and I think it's, it's now, it was when I, I think we, made our communion it was first class it's now second class so that oh, puts them it? at about seven or eight years of age yeah. when they're actually handling you know envelopes cash. and cash and various different things yeah. so I think it starts quite young uh, and it, it definitely comes to your parents and it comes to the background you're in my parents uh, were quite good at money they worked really hard two jobs to buy a house mm. uh, my dad uh, then uh, had a building company he said a building company did really really well when we were quite young um, and around my table would have been a lot of money about VAT about paying people about not getting paid about cash flow so you were businesses. sitting there during those conversations I was brilliant. Oh yeah, see, I wasn't. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's not uh, on any detriment or whatever to anyone else. It's just no. that it just wasn't a conversation we had yeah. around the yeah. table, you know. Yeah, it's just a th- it's a different environment. So I remember my brother-in-law was a, is a painting contractor still is. Uh, my dad's almost retired, uh, but I remember on a, on a they'd come back to the house for after work and they'd be in the kitchen having their, their their dinner and they'd be talking about you know different jobs that were going on or what jobs were cash yeah. strapped and it's not as if you were taking notes it was just it was, just it was, the no, it was just a constant conversation but yeah. it wasn't they weren't sorry sitting around talking about money or educating us on money no. they were talking about money they are talking about business and yeah, money yeah, and yeah. business yeah. Um, and then I remember like simple things I remember my dad talking to, saying say somebody was buying a van they bought the van the wrong way you know they went into the showroom oh, yeah. and they got sold the van they got sold the higher purchase rather than buying the van for cash I always remember that conversation I was wow. only eight or nine because remember the plaster he was talking about I did it um, and because I knew this guy so he cash would have been guy. better they were saying yeah they were saying boy cash rather than take the, her, the, the finance actually my dad was saying he didn't need a new van so my dad's completely different to me with money now like I don't mind spending the money I yeah. think but my dad wouldn't have spent a lot of money very 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 uh, I suppose looked after all his pennies you know yeah. but he would have come from a place where he had no money growing up as well of course so, he's so he had a difference of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. I think I think it's it, it followed from him from his him being a kid uh, into being an adult so, so you he would have watched the pennies there's a lot of uh, a lot of that is based on environment and the environment exactly. that you're brought up in yeah. is, is, is will uh, affect you later on in the, oh, like everything else but like everything else yeah. but I think people forget about money and we talk about Irish culture um, I think there's really interesting to, to, to explore in this podcast is that we don't talk about money enough like you know no. we don't we don't discuss money enough we no, don't it's talk, almost embarrassing it's a, you know, to, if yeah. uh, you know it's it's yeah. uh, cliche or not cliche what's the word uh, but my parents would have said it as well they would have went mad if I had a known when I was a kid if I had been taught like the stories I'm talking about now about the van or the cash at the table yeah, yeah. talking about cash well, you flow you wouldn't be able to say that outside the family you'd be no, absolutely shot yeah uh, and then I turned into Ask Paul and probably ruined that for the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's all yeah, I talk yeah. about. That's <laughs> what you talk about. But uh, yeah, again, like I said, I think the culture is there when you're growing up in the household. So growing up in the environment where you, it was very open and talking around the table and stuff like that about finance and, and, and all this stuff. How did you, where did it come from that you started, you were okay to spend the money? You said your dad was saving quite a lot. Yeah. Then? 
Yeah, my dad used to save and still does save uh, and would find it very hard to part from it. Because I think in his DNA, he, you know, when he was growing up, he had no money. Yeah. Um, and then when I was growing up, we had got money and we would have had a lot better of a lifestyle than he would have had. Yeah. Um, but I try to... I use the motto work hard, play harder, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I would have had really probably bad money habits, truth be told, late teens, early 20s until I started in personal finance. Yeah. Until I started seeing other people. So I think what happened for me, luckily enough, as a financial planning expert... And this is really important, actually. When I speak to clients, it's not about what I learned in the books, like the, the legislation around pensions or investment stuff and all this stuff you learn as a financial planner going through college. Mm. That makes up a little bit of your consultation with a client, but it's what other clients have done. So I've been lucky enough to meet thousands, tens of thousands of clients over my career. Uh, and I can see the guys that are doing it with a really good balance. Yeah, I try to work at that. I've made X moves financially. So whether investments or whether working hard for the company or earning income, whatever it is, and then make sure I spend some of that money. Yeah. Uh, I think when people come for financial planning consultation, they sometimes get shocked at how we're trying to educate people on how to spend as much as safe. Yeah. Like it's really scary. The amount of people that come to us 60, 65 years of age plus that are going to die and leave so much money behind is ridiculous. Yeah. It really is because they don't know how to spend the money because they've saved it all their life. And I, and I spotted that very early in my career. So I really tried to make sure I could get myself financially and the family set to a certain position yeah. um, and keep an eye on that on the way. So yeah, I would have tried to make sure that I could spend money and enjoy spending my money and have really cool things uh, and really cool experience and holidays, but making sure I was earning. And I think there's a big difference of doing that stuff on credit cards or yeah. on loans. Um, so yeah, I think if you can earn enough to enjoy well, that's financial what I mean, security, why it you're, why you're earning money. And it, it goes into, that's how I was brought up with, with the kind of uh, attitude of, you know, if you have a job, you work hard at it and uh, yeah, you spend your money and enjoy mm. it. Go travel, do the, buy the thing you want, yeah. but, but be aware of, what you're spending but also be aware of what you can put away as well just a little bit yeah you know? there, there, there's a, that's really good I think that's a little bit more healthier to yeah. be fair um, I think people panic about money too much and there's too, many, too much fear about yeah, it yeah there's a lot of fear but a lot of misinformation out there about yeah, money yeah. but what you should be doing and what you should be saving and what you should be putting aside it's there to be enjoyed you work really really hard you get up you go to work whatever your career is or it's a 9 to 5 or it's gigs or whatever you're doing um, and you get paid and it's important that you really enjoy that money and set yourself up to have have a really good lifestyle but just have a money on the future hmm. uh, and that's what I hope to get out of the podcast as well is that there's loads of things you can put in place really really simple things really really simple financial products that can help you when things go wrong as well yeah. so you don't have to have every single penny you've ever made in the bank when you get to retirement age it's, it's just it's, it's about trying to find that balance Yeah, um, which is what we're going to do on this on this podcast which is what I want to be educated yeah. in as well in fairness yeah we'll, oh. we'll, we'll do that don't yeah. worry yeah. You, you'll be fine you'll be fine and speaking of spending money that like uh, you earn and working hard for like your first job I mean you know I was always taught like you know get in early get the get the kind of uh, way of working into your bones pretty quick but also because I was so young as well I mean I started at 15 what time what age were you yeah I was 15 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean it wasn't legal but whatever <laughs> it was like I child labour uh, I think how would you know what I was doing <laughs> uh, I think I lied I got a job on the spa well in Temple Oak same here I lied yeah, yeah I lied said I was 16 yeah. uh, but they I remember care. begging for that job in the spa well I couldn't wait to go to work oh really yeah, yeah I couldn't wait to go to work because you wanted to feel a bit grown up and earn your own well I was the youngest or... in the family of four there's four kids I was the youngest and yeah. the rest were all earned they were all out working as yeah. well um, so yeah I really really wanted to work from a young again that's age. a good product of your environment as well seeing other people work in your yeah. family at an early age to get out there and actually do it is yeah. great yeah it is and I was it was great and I loved every minute of it I think I've loved every job and sometimes I had two or three different jobs going on at the same time yeah. uh, and I always I always had money yeah but I always worked 
yeah, had yeah. money. So, but was working? Do you think working was part of having like it was it the money side of things that you enjoyed having, or just an independence in the, or self worth as well? If we're gonna be truthful, it was probably the money. I always had a goal to do something with the money, or to buy yeah. something, or to have something. So I always realized you had to work for it. So I wouldn't have, and this was different mentality. There's no right or wrong to this to anyone yeah. listening, but you know, I wouldn't. I would be if I wanted something by next year. Mm-hmm. So I would work two jobs or three jobs to wow. make sure. So I remember being, I remember working an insurance company uh, in, in Dawson Street and I remember delivering pizzas every Friday, Saturday and Sunday for the whole weekend in Domino's Pizza because I think it was, I was going to go to Australia and I wanted to have a big, what like a what cash. a cash going yeah. to Australia. I didn't want to have to work or was over there. I wanted to literally go over for six months to have enough money uh, and I worked day and I never made it to Australia. It's another story. But <laughs> I remember working that hard and you know, working every night delivering pizzas to make sure I could bring in enough income. It wasn't that I sat there saying, oh, I don't earn enough to go to Australia. It was yeah. like, how much do I need to earn? Where do I earn it? And that's just logical to me. But yeah. everyone's different when it's made up with that DNA. Of course. Uh, some people would have went to Australia instead of staying in Ireland saving for six months, they would have went tomorrow. And worked and over there. Do, yeah, and, worked and, over yeah, there, done the backpacking thing or yeah. whatever. Uh, but that would, I didn't want to do that so yeah. I stayed here for six months now probably they were right because they made it to Australia and I didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. so yeah, it yeah. wasn't necessarily right yeah. but you know what I mean it was that goal of I need X amount I'll go do X job to get there uh, but I remember working on building sites with my family as well on the Saturdays and then delivering pizza at night time so I would have had a job in RSA I would have been going to the building sites helping out at the weekend on a Saturday yeah. and then going to delivering pizza Saturday night and Sunday uh, I remember simple things like even if anyone was looking for a lift to the airport in the family I'd bring them for whatever it was 50 because we were sitting at home doing nothing anyway so why would you give it to a taxi man yeah. so I just yeah, I just loved making money. Yeah, uh, and that boy sound, sound too um, mental, but I always wanted the money for something. Does no, that that's make sense? Mental. And this is the kind of thing where we're talking about the culture of it as well, and being yeah. Irish as well. There's definitely a lot of um, things where we we kind of go, oh geez, I, I just mentioned money. It's like a bad word. I, you know, I just did that there, didn't I? Yeah. I just, yeah, I just made an excuse for, for yeah. wanting to make loads of cash when I was younger, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. really apologetic because I'm thinking someone listening is going to say, "Who's if? Who's does he think he is?" is? Yeah, yeah. And I have a real issue with that because even though I do it still, and I'm 40. Same here. And I still do because I know if I was in America, I'd be a hero. Yeah. At that, at, with that mentality. Yeah, yeah. People would love it. And yeah. I know if it was in the UK, in certain parts of the UK, I'd get away with it as well. But it's very hard to do that in order. It's very hard why do you to think, be do that. you have people that come in, why do you think they're, first of all, they're afraid of money. Every year the tax comes along. Everyone, yeah. it's like a panic, particularly my industry. <laughs> like it's a panic of, of fear and scary. And it's when anyone mentions tax, it's not like just like tax. I'm raising my eyebrows now saying tax. Yeah. Like it's a big deal. But is there something in it? Like where does that come from? Why are we scared of talking about money over here? I, Give me that everyone has that. a fear of the tax man first of all yeah. let's go back to the communion one of the first stories you learn yeah. in your communion is the tax man remember the tax man used to go around there's a biblical thing about the tax man in one of the stories yeah. um, and he goes in he taxes everyone takes their money off before they go to church so there's you just from a so so young age you hear about the tax man all the time the majority of people listening to this are PAYE workers that means their tax is sorted by their employer and paid the revenue commissioners and they have never anything to worry about so there's we'll no need to, to have that fear, but they're automatically going to absolutely but shit it, themselves. But them, yeah, but them talking to each other about yeah. it, like why do we not talk enough about it? And also, why do we not, um, you know, celebrate our wins uh, more openly as you would do in America or even 100%. England, where it, over here it's considered kind of like, oh no, you, you can't, you can't, oh, you say can't say anything about money. Yeah. No, and you can't I say think, you got a nice new car. And, no, yeah. no, no. I think that's what we tried to break down the barriers of Ask Paul is talk about money more open. Actually, we started to Ask Paul years ago. And the reason we got into the personal finance side of with Ask Paul was that I was sick and tired going into companies talk about company pension plans and people sign up the company pension plans but haven't gotten a clue about their personal finance so they had maybe too much personal debt they hadn't got a mortgage yet and I mean money to me is extremely logical 
And yeah. I didn't learn this. I learned this by dealing with so many clients. It's so logical. Rule number one, make sure you're not spending more than you're earning. Like that's, you don't need me. You don't need a financial planning expert to tell you that. That's the most obvious thing in the world. Say that slowly to me again. So I need to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> don't spend more money than you earn. Um, okay. I, know, I know that's hard for some people as well. But no, it's, it is. it's so yeah. important that that's the first, but it, it's it's so logical. Yeah. And then you look at it like, for example, let's, Slightly off topic. Let's go to pensions. Somebody's 25 years of age and they're going to go into a company pension plan. The spreadsheet will say that that makes sense because you're 25 years of age and you've got 40 years to 60, yeah? Yeah. So if you start something and you have 40 years to plan, it's going to be better than someone starting at 50. Of course, yeah. Obvious. Yeah. Again, not rocket science stuff. Yeah, logical stuff, yeah. But the spreadsheet doesn't know if you're 25 years of age and you've got a load of personal debt and you're still living at home in your parents' box room and you've no emergency fund or no savings. Why on earth would you be putting money aside for 65-year-old you when 25-year-old you is all over the place? Yeah. <laughs> so you need to look after it now on the short term, then the medium term, and then the long term. And to me, that's very logical. Yeah. But not, that's not the same for everybody because they're sometimes stuck in a situation that they can't get onto the helicopter view and look at everything they should be doing. Of course. Um, and that's yeah. where I think someone like me comes in to help them, but, and hopefully the podcast does. But yeah, you don't need to have it all figured out now. And you certainly don't have to have a noy on 65-year-old you or 80-year-old you. Yeah. Like I meet people sometimes and they're completely overfunded in pensions and they're all over the place financially. I'm saying, why would you? Oh, because the advisor came in through the company and the employer was putting money in. So yeah, it actually does make sense to have it. Yeah. But not now. And do you think talking to each other, like in a like pub talk, it's chatting away about people's finances and stuff like that. Like what you were saying there is so logical. It yeah. makes sense. But I don't think I'd talk to someone else other than a financial advisor about that. Yeah, but that's okay. And yeah. we do that on Instagram from our DM. Actually, a few funny stories here. People sometimes send my uh, Instagram post to somebody else. And then when that person replies, they reply to my DM. Say so, it again. Some, so if, you, if, you're on my, if you're on the Ask Paul Instagram page yeah. and you see a post I'm talking about how to ask for a pay rise, yeah. just write, like, and you send that on to Aiden. A friend, yeah. yeah. You send that on to Aiden. And Aiden opens it in his he replies, he's replying to me, not oh, yeah. you. And not many people know that. <laughs> oh, so, no so many times I get a DM going, <laughs> and I was saying this, he's legend, that's excellent, I didn't know, I'm going to ask for pay rise tomorrow, yeah. whatever it is. And they're replying to me rather than the other person. Yeah. So I love that about Ask Paul, that people use the content that we create to, start to springboard that conversation. That conversation. Yeah, and they do yeah. send their friends where or else they tag underneath the post saying, check this out, this is what I was talking about earlier yeah. or whatever it is. So I think... I'm not saying Ask Paul is trying to break all, all the barriers of that, but I think it's definitely helping. Uh, and there's a massive community on Instagram, over 100,000 people on the page. So yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of people talking about finance that they weren't talking about before, in my opinion, five years ago, yeah. which is great. But I don't know whether it's right to sit in the pub and say, I'm on 80 grand hmm. or I'm on 100 grand because the person opposite you might not be. But I do think you need an inner circle. I think yeah. you should be able to pick one or two mates and be able to say have an open conversation yeah listen do you mind to have a chat about money this is what I'm doing are you doing something different or I think the fear is everything every, yeah are you doing something different yeah. they, they, they think they're doing something wrong I yeah. always think I'm doing something wrong rather than <laughs> oh maybe I've got this right or I got paid well enough I'm yeah. always going I kind of don't want to hear if I am doing something wrong it's Actually, heading the really, stuff that's really interesting so you're afraid of somebody saying oh, I got paid more than you or I did this better than you or Just more better, cleverly yeah I think they'll be yeah. more than likely getting paid more than me so it's <laughs> no but like it's, it is that head in the sand of going I don't want to know if I'm doing something wrong I'm, it's okay at the moment I'm keeping my I'm keep, I'm balanced enough now that it is and I do spend money and I enjoy spending I, money as I well I have an issue with that I genuinely yeah, do I'm not going to be a hard time but I th I, I, why is because you're really good at what you do um, and you should be 100% making sure if you're giving your time, your energy, leaving your house, going to work, you need to feel and be confident that you're nailing that for yourself. Yeah. 
because otherwise you're getting what you're worth you're getting what you're worth and you're comfortable with it so mm. it's, it's again it's maybe the fear that you're talking about there you don't really want to know how bad you are compared to somebody else if you're doing something wrong but you need to know mm-hmm. and you owe it to yourself you owe it to the years you trained the gay yeah. you owe it to the years you spent on all the other jobs you're on sets um, you know uh, you just you owe it to yourself to know what you're doing and how you're doing it and yeah. put that to anybody no matter what their job is mm. to make sure and you owe it to yourself to make sure you know how to go to the next level and the next step as well and make sure you can keep progressing through life and that comes to anything whether it's a hobby or whether it's your job or you know your relationship or whatever you need to be progressing hopefully um, so yeah I, 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 I challenge you that I think you need to I think you need to break down that fear and then just go in and start asking those questions and yeah. you maybe should yeah, do yeah heads and sands yeah I know it's scary <laughs> 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 now it is that thing where, where, where I'm kind of going yeah I don't want to know uh, what you're spending because maybe I should be spending that or not spending that. And that's what I mean by head in the sand and all that kind of stuff. Which brings me to, if someone says, um, you know, I, I bought something now, but I'm going to pay a bit off every month or every week or whatever it is. And you talk about Netflix and all these kind of things, but if something physical, like a car or whatever, all these type of things. But I, I think, I I think that is head in the sand. No, well, I wouldn't do that. That's yeah. the one no, thing no, I don't you wouldn't. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just say for people that do do it, I think that it's, scares me. Yeah, I think it's. I think buy now, pay later is kind of head in the sand, depending on what the item is. Yeah, and so it does depend. Everybody's going to be different. So, if you need an item uh, really, really badly, and you can't afford it today, yeah, I'm going to use an example of a washing machine or a fridge is broken in the house, and you really need the item, and you can go into one of these stores and buy now, pay later, and it gets you out of a hole. And you can go and do that and you're fine and you don't pay interest. It works and yeah. it works. If you're buying shit that you don't need and you're buying it on buy now, pay later, yeah. I think you're going to trip yourself up. And the buy now, pay later method is there to trick you. They're not nice companies sitting down saying, how do we help people buy stuff now and pay later? Yeah. They're there saying, how do you make interest off people? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. what we do is we give them a carrot to buy stuff they can't afford. They're going to try and pay it back. They're going to fail. I'm going to nail them a higher interest. Mm-hmm. That's all that that business model is. These companies that you see when you're checking out a goods or stores or you go into a place and they're saying you can buy now, pay later, do not exist to make your life easier. Yeah. They're 100% not there for that. They're there to make money off you. They're there to hope that you can't pay later. They want uh-huh. you to buy now and they want you to pay loads of interest. That's all they're there for. Now, if you're someone that's really clever and we see this loads of times with personal finance, some people have the system and they have it nailed. Yeah. They have it nailed. They know exactly when to buy. As in customers. Now, yeah, customers or just people that are, I suppose, savvy maybe with using debt the right way. Yeah. Now, it's not something I ever promote because mm. it trips too many people up. But I've come across people that will use debt, credit cards, buy now, pay later, in a really cute way where they will say, I'm going to buy now, I'm going to pay later because I don't want to use the money in my investment account or my or my, my deposit account. Um, I want to keep access to that money because I know where it's going next week or next month. And then in three months' time, that's come up, I'll pay it off because money's coming from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They generally have multiple accounts, generally investments accounts, yeah. uh, and they know whether they're making interest on other accounts or other cards or other store cards. And it's like uh, the matrix of how to buy stuff yeah, for, yeah, yeah. you know, it's really, a lot of really work. It's way too much work yeah. and way too easy to fall into the trap of buying stuff you don't need and not being able to pay it back and pay lots of interest. So I'd never promote it, but what I'm saying is that sometimes it can be clever where you will see somebody that's maybe on a low income, low salary, maybe, you know, buying stuff for Christmas yeah. and they know they're going to pay it back. And there's some loads of people that will really, like loads of people take loans and pay it back on time and pay their interest and they don't mind because they need it. And that's yeah. absolutely fine. There's no right or wrong here. Yeah. 
I just think there needs to be a buyer beware labeled on this stuff to make sure you know how much interest and how quickly you can get into debt yeah. by buying stuff you don't need. And especially, I see it loads of times with younger demographics when it comes to clothes yeah. uh, and clothes shops yeah. online, where they're trying to keep up with later fashion trends and they're trying to keep up with later styles. They don't have enough income to do it. They're trying to pay rent. They might have kids um, and they're literally borrowing off really high interest companies to try and have the latest designer stuff, which is absolutely It mental. seems to be more prevalent as well as an option. It is. You know, yeah, that's, it that's is. one thing it that's is. pretty But scary. I do think they push them. But like I said, going back into the culture, this yeah. is the culture shift. So yeah, years yeah, yeah. ago, you would have seen, going back to my dad talking about the van, mm-hmm. and saying that don't your man shouldn't have bought the van on a higher purchase. He shouldn't have changed his van. His van was fine. Yeah. <laughs> he went in for a service and the sales guy sold him a new van. That's basically but what he happened But he should have bought it in cash if he was buying one. And he had enough cash to buy it. Right. But it was the mentality of, oh, it's only 300 quid a month and I make an X amount a month. Mm-hmm. But my dad, I know his brain would have been automatically going to, yeah, it's 300 quid a month plus interest. Yeah. So you now have to make 600 quid a month, pay the revenue 300 quid to get that 300 quid in your back pocket. God. So now you have to make 600 quid. So that's like three days work or two days work. Yeah, yeah. So now for no reason, you're working two days for a van. Yeah. Isn't that really cool? When you yeah. simplify it and you break it down like that, yeah, that's yeah. what his brain would have done. Um, and I always try to say that to people as well. When you're thinking of 50 quid a month, 200 quid a month and all this type of stuff, if you take it that it's 100 quid a month, you usually have to earn, if you're on the higher rate of income tax, you have to earn 200 quid a month. Mm. So if you put, so look, if you look at like mortgage interest rates, which we'll definitely be discussing this on the podcast series. But if your interest rate goes up by say 100 quid a month, you have to earn 200 quid a month, which is 2,400 quid a year. Yeah. Everyone can follow that. So 200 quid a month multiplied by 12 is 2,400. Mm-hmm. If you're on say 40 grand a year, you've now to go to work for 10 days for no reason other than to pay interest pay rates. Pay that back, yeah. So you're going to get up, go to work, leave your kids, your cat, your dog, your parents, whatever it is, just to go to work to pay interest. Yeah. So that's why it's so important to make sure you're paying the lowest interest possible or so important that you don't buy the van and pay the interest on it if you have the cash in the bank yeah. account. And people are too busy as well because, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to just get something and just go, yeah, you know, I'll pay that back. And then after a month, then you're going, hang on, I'm paying a bit more uh, this week. Yeah. I'm paying a bit more yeah. the next week. And and it's keeping track of that is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. On top of the work yeah. you're doing. Well, I think the other thing as well, we talk to people, when people come into us and they have a little bit of debt, already had a bad debt experience in the past, they will always say that they just snowball where they, didn't, they thought about it as 100 quid, then 50 quid, and then 80 quid. And all of a sudden, they 500 quid out of two grand wages just gone. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, well, that's you know, 25% of my salaries now. And when you sign a loan agreement, you're, you're sign your income to somebody. Just yeah. think of that. So the yeah. bank will ask you what your salary is because your salary is guaranteeing that loan. And mm-hmm. people forget that. When you sign the loan documentation, you're basically giving the bank permission to go into your bank account and take a portion of your hard-earned cash yeah, at the end yeah. of the month. So as a financial planner, I understand that people need debt. I understand that people will borrow for cars, they borrow for, you know, kids' educations and back to school and yeah. all these things. I, yeah. I really do get it. And I was there before and I've done it as well. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not trying to tell people that I'm holier than whole, yeah. holy. But I love for my clients to own their income. Hmm. When you get paid, your income's yours. yours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe outside your mortgage, which is completely different. But why would you be signing over some of your income for five years for something that you don't need? And for people who are have already taken out these loans, just, yeah. just because there will be questions coming in on the Instagram probably and stuff and saying, I already have done this. Yeah. I'm already paying 300, whatever. There's nothing wrong. Sorry, for, no, that, there's nothing wrong yeah, with that. No, wrong with that. Yeah, no, that's the first thing to say that. to them. Yeah, don't want judge. Yeah, we don't want people to think, oh my God, I shouldn't have any debt. You no. should. Like, it's okay to have debt, first of all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's of good course. you're managing it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. This is what I'm saying sounds scary and a bit, you know, people are scared to ask the question and, and also kind of ashamed of going, sugar, I shouldn't have done that yeah. in the first place. But where do they go from here? It's it's just kind of painted off and just kind of... Yeah, exactly. So it's not... And there's no, there's no need to panic. There's nothing yeah. wrong. And what you want to try and do is if you like the advice... They didn't advice, do anything wrong is actually... Exactly. They didn't yeah. do anything wrong. They took debt and they, done, and they bought something. That's fine. They're paying it back. That's absolutely fine. There's yeah. no issue here. It's to try and see can this episode of our podcast shift your mind to say do you know what I'd love to wake up in two years time or three years time and know that all my income is my own and all yeah. my salary is my own I don't want to go anywhere else and you can get that from today's episode that's deadly you yeah. walk away going great if it's going to take you two years to get there that's okay or three years but equally what you should be maybe learning is okay maybe I don't need the pension maybe I don't need the investment accounts maybe I don't need to be putting X amount of money away mm-hmm. maybe I need to focus on clearing down my short term debt and then reassessing and saying right now I want to start investing yeah. so instead of paying 300 quid a month off a car now I'm going to put 300 quid a month into an investment account that yeah. means I'm saving or investing 3,600 a year going forward and that, that all means, starts with a plan really cool. it's just a plan and that all starts with sitting down and yeah. being really real with yourself just real yourself but honest. also what you want so a lot of people yeah. we talk to when it comes from a financial planning point of view is what's your mindset what do you actually want mm-hmm. and they don't know yeah, they just yeah. know I should be doing it, or they feel like you felt yeah. they, oh, I should be doing something I don't know what it is I should yeah. be doing something better cause, but also you, you can't know. really see the long term I know you're not talking about you know think of when you're 60 and 80 and all these but it's also trying to it's a bit foggy you know you can't yeah. see past what you already have to pay back 100% so you're kind of going oh, when I get that paid back then I'll know yeah. So it's, uh, you know, going from there, what should you be doing? Should you be sitting down, writing a list and going, okay. Sitting down, writing a list and literally just nailing your debt ASAP. I would focus all my attention on getting rid of debt. Yeah. Really, genuinely, I would. I focus yeah, yeah. all my attention. And then that comes back in, like when we're, we're talking about debt, we're coming back to that Irish culture yeah. of debt and using of debt. And, you know, there's some really things, like even going back to talking about when you're a kid and where you get your money, like here's a, here's a classic for you, which is probably everyone will relate to this, I'm presuming. My mom used to collect the credit union money for us. So even when we were kids or teenagers, put money in the credit union for us. She collected off her sisters and my cousins. She got the credit yeah. union. Yeah, all the money, put them into everyone's accounts. And she was the, the collector, basically, of all yeah. that money to put it in. Um, and then I remember when I got to 18, the advice from my mom, which was absolutely horrendous. So don't ask Maureen, if you know her. <laughs> uh, but the advice was, uh, go up and get a loan, son. So I ended up the credit union, marshal, actually with my mom and got a grand of a loan. And then I was made to pay that loan back to the credit union over a year to create a good credit score, which is nonsense in order. We don't have a good credit score. Well, I want to get into that, but that's a future episode. Yeah, the- there's no credit score. So yeah. the problem here is, I just want to leave this point on debt for this episode alone at this point. I had a couple of grand in the credit union. And there's loads of people out there today that have debt and have savings. Mm-hmm. Your debt is causing you at least 6% per annum. Okay, just very basic interest rate. The bank, the credit union... The, whatever a person is charging you a minimum of six if it's a credit card it could be 20% Yeah. your money in the bank or in the credit union is getting zero percent don't be a martyr this happens all the time yeah but you know the credit union like to see me paying back the loan or I find it easier to pay the loan back than I do saving mm-hmm. no you've got let's use an example 10 grand in the credit union in a savings account earning zero they're lending you your own money at yeah. 6% or 8%. It's the most Irish thing in the world. It's absolutely bonkers. Yeah. If anyone's listening today and you owe the credit union or a bank or anybody five grand, whatever the money is, and you have more in savings, do yourself a massive favor and clear your debt today or tomorrow and reduce your savings down. You should not have savings that are higher than your debt. Right, yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. you're paying for your own money. Yeah. You've took all this money out of your wages, you've put it into your savings account, and you've borrowed a bag off a bank or a credit union and you're charging them for your own money. Wow. 
bonker stuff. It but that's a real Irish culture thing. So it I went bringing that in. Yeah, 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 a lot of people do that from an Irish point of view. Yeah. So Paul, if you're teaching kids today about money, um, where would you start? What would you, what would you, what would your advice be in the culture? And I think first of all, from a culture point of view, is to try and keep it positive and try and not ki- let, let let kids hear about money problems. Trying to keep them well and truly away from kids. You don't okay. want kids growing up with a negative opinion of money, yeah. uh, or a negative opinion of parents either about money. So really, really, really important not to discuss money problems in front of the kids. I'm not trying to say you should sit down and start throwing 50 notes at the kids either yeah. at the kitchen table. But you want to be talking more positively about money and maybe how you got something or how you afforded something. Now, I was lucky in that my parent, my dad in particular, was talking about, you know, business. It wasn't an ever, he never sat down to teach me about money. It was yeah. just stuff I learned over the years of listening to him talk about business in the house with my brother and my brother-in-law and my sisters because mm-hmm. they were also involved in the business. Uh, so that's how I was kind of lucky. If I hadn't got that, I don't know would it ever be as like where I am today money yeah, wise yeah. to be fair because uh, I don't think he ever would have set down logic and said right son this is what you need to learn about money yeah. uh, and that doesn't happen in school so it's really up to parents to do it I think the best place to start when it comes to money you mentioned earlier on about communion money as well is trying to get kids to learn the value of money uh, as early as possible hmm. so whether that's pocket money whether it's chores whether it's getting rewarded for doing something money wise and that's a really good option and then trying to keep them uh, kind of interested in saving some money so if it comes to Christmas and someone gives them 50 quid 20 quid whatever it is that 5 euro goes in a really good one is actually the uh, you know a Pringles jar a Pringles tube yeah 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 uh, so buy yourself a Pringles tube eat them they're delicious I think uh, <laughs> not in all one sitting and then if you get a Pringles ch- tube and you put 2 euros in you fill it with 2 euros it's just over 2 grand in the jar in, in, in the tube wow. so that's really good for adults 2 grand but yeah and then yeah 2 grand there you Jesus. go and then get a small you know, like the kind of snack size Pringles yeah. get one of them and let the kids salitate the top of it put a hole in it mm. and start putting 50 cents, 20 cents or whatever they have in it or yeah. they get 20 quid off somebody putting a fiver in that and then over a three month or a six month, a year's probably too too long, let them open it and then go to Smith's or go whatever they're going to do spend the money. Yeah. Uh, or whether it's a game, a lot of stuff is spent on gaming like yeah, uh, my kids would have done that and right? they tried the game to get fee books and all these weird, weird stuff on the Xbox. Uh, I know, you have to pay online for yeah, stuff it's, now. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a mind You don't just buy the game, you buy Yeah, just yeah. bring the Sega Mega Drive with so- Sonic the Hedgehog back yeah. and yeah. One game you're done. Yeah, just yeah. one game you're done. Yeah, yeah buying yeah. stuff and buying skins and all like it's mental these days yeah. but whatever you want to spend it on let them spend it on um, and the other thing that I think if you can do it it's really difficult for parents to do this as well and it was just to say parents are under a lot of stress as well and the kids are getting exposed to so much more marketing than we would have done yeah. I mean remember marketing in my house was the Argos catalogue where yeah. I got thrown it a week or two before Christmas for man to get some indication of what I maybe wanted yeah. and he'd be circling stuff now it's literally because most kids use their parents phones to play games or looking at the iPads Social and media. they're literally getting sold to from marketing companies on his second yeah. basis at this stage. I mean, that's what social media is now. It's 100%. Mad. So it's yeah. so hard for parents. And it's, so I understand how frustrating that must be. But sorry, if you can, use the Pringles tube for the kids or even just a piggy bank or mm. something that you can get a little bit of reward going on. So, but voices, keep it positive where you can. Make sure you keep them away from negativity when it comes to money or paying bills or that type of stuff or financial pressure that might be in the household and try and get them to save a little bit of money and then spend it. And that's all you have to do. You don't have to overcomplicate it. Yeah. Uh, but if they can try and save a little proportion all the time, honestly, it's the most adults we come across. If you can try and save a little bit of your wages every month, even it's 5% or 10%, from the day you get your first wage, whether it's 15, 17, 18, yeah. you'll actually be okay for life. Literally just 10 or 15%. 
That's That's put aside and if you kept that habit up you'd actually everyone would be so much better tax off tax yourself yeah tax yourself pay yourself for it whatever you want to call it yeah. and also um, it's important that you're saying to go out and buy a game to enjoy the money that they saved enjoy the money they saved and in fairness you shouldn't be saving for more than a couple of months you don't yeah. want kids saving for a year like in a no. kid's life that's a, that's a lifetime it's way too long yeah, yeah, yeah. so a couple of months like maybe if you do a chore and you're getting a couple of quid you know whatever five quid put two or three quid aside then buy something at the end of the week or the end of the month yeah. and it's that basic it doesn't have to be rocket science you know what yeah. but I will say and this is coming from experience over the last couple of days. Now, I really enjoyed this because it kind of brought me back to my dad. Junior Monopoly, the best investment you can make. For real. It is absolutely brilliant. Uh, and it's my We're not f- affiliated with that. That's just not an ad. But. <laughs> yeah, this is not an ad. There is actually a game. So we got this for our young lad, Luca, is six. Um, and we had this game. And we sat down and played the other day. And I was really, really, really impressed by it. It's my yeah. first Monopoly. So there's Junior Monopoly and there's my first Monopoly game. Oh, yeah. And there's two sides to the board. And the first side of teaching about kind of... Uh, it's not really money. You can you can buy and you can... If you land on a space, you might buy the ice cream parlor. Yeah. You might buy the beach. Yeah. and various things uh, he was so into it so I was the banker uh, fairness he got me cheating as well a couple of times so I'd I was the banker absolutely smashed him for tax and all yeah that, did yeah. yeah fairness and I won of course yeah. but it was really good and then we also played it a few years ago with the older kids um, and I think it's such a good way to yeah. learn about money and in learn a fun about way. and what I was thinking of doing was well, I was actually going to try and change it slightly myself in the Monopoly game and this would be good for adults to do actually as well when you're in Monopoly if you're playing a game in Monopoly just change one of the one of the streets or one of the names of the houses to a watch for five grand or a holiday for 10 grand. Mm. And let's see how many people actually take their fake Monopoly money and exchange it for the watch or for the holiday or for the designer dress. And I bet you most people want and they won't because they're used to the income coming on. When you land on the house and you have to pay the rent, rent, that becomes very addictive. So when you're paying the game Monopoly, you're dying for somebody to land on your place and they're paying your rent. Mm -hmm. And that's really what happens when it comes to investing and when it comes to buying property and all these little things that really build up wealth quickly actually is all nailed in a game Monopoly. That's brilliant. So there you go. To finish the first episode, get yourself, your kids, a game of Monopoly, the first, my first ever Monopoly, uh, then get Junior Monopoly for older kids, and then as adults, sit down and learn how to play Monopoly, and then transfer it into your real life. And a couple of tins of Pringles. I was going to say a couple of cans. Okay, let's go. A couple, couple <laughs> yeah, of tins yeah, of Pringles. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Though. That's brilliant. Yeah, nice one. Brilliant. And keeping it positive and keeping it light as well. That's all it's about. Yeah. Uh, positive is probably the best thing and good mindset. Yeah. And that's it. Brilliant. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for listening to the Two Pauls on a Pod podcast. If you've liked what you've heard today, please don't forget to subscribe to more episodes. We'd love to hear from our listeners. So if you have any financial questions or if you have feedback from the show, just go to askpaul.ie or check out Paul's Instagram account on Ask Paul.